Um, all right. Um, this is the last uh, rabbi's desk share of the semester. So thank you all for coming. The few, the proud, that uh, stuck it out all the way to the end. And thank you for the Zoomers for coming as well. So um, what we're going to discuss tonight, two shailas. Uh, one of them is an actual shaila halach lemaisa that I got. Uh, I was at a uh, wedding the other night, and I, uh, I got a text with... Uh, Pretty uh, interesting uh, shaila, and the other uh, is not really halacha lemaisa. It's almost the opposite of halacha lemaisa. It's really retrospective, trying to figure out why what a gadol did was not aser. Uh, kind of uh, kind of shaila. So uh, let me mention both shailas. So the first shaila goes like this: I received the following um, email, text, whatever. Dear Rabbi Leibowitz, I hope all is well with you. Thank you for your help regarding my previous shailas, one of which was a rabbi's desk shaila, if I recall. I have a three-part shaila, but it's a rather sensitive topic. He did um, give me the uh, permission to use it as long as I change certain uh, certain details um, and not you know not reveal anything about like where they live or who they are or whatever. It could be anybody. Um, he says, uh, my son recently broke off his engagement after uh, new very sensitive information came to his attention. And the information came out after the Vart, but we didn't sign any Tanoim, like they do in Eretz Yisrael, and many play in Hasidish communities, they sign a Tanoim. We didn't do that. At the Vart, my son presented his kala with a very expensive necklace, which we purchased. And before the engagement was called off, the necklace needed to be fixed. And it was in our possession, and we were fixing it. We were bringing it to the jeweler, and then this information came to light, and we had to call off the, uh, the engagement. So number one, are we required to return the necklace to the ex meaning it was a gift that was given to her, so they're holding on to it, but they were just holding on to it to fix it. So do they need to return the necklace? We're in the process of repairing it, and we're really not sure what to do. Um, you know, uh, the, that's the, he, he wants to keep it for his next uh, kala, God willing, Bekarov, uh, or whenever the right time is. But he hadn't, and, and, and he hadn't yet received any gifts on the other side. I mean, he had not received whatever is customary to, uh, to give. The, the list is too much in terms of what's customary to give, but that's a different schmooze for a different, uh, for a different time. I'm sure Rabbi Weider could give you a nice uh, uh, you know, uh, schmooze about that. It's just too much. Um, th- by the way, the, the yeshivish version of the Rabbi Weider um, uh, anti-Gashmiya Shmuz was given by Rabbi Ephraim Waxman. Um, complete opposite styles, same message. It's just amazing. Like uh, you know, sometimes the, there's a Torah true message that just uh, you know can come from uh, all ends of the Torah world. But uh, but anyway, we're not we're not getting into that. So uh, so he didn't receive his Rolex or his uh, you know leather bound shas or whatever you know all the different uh, things that he's uh, that he's supposed to get. Um, but he's got this necklace. So does he have to uh, does does he have to give it to her? Uh, second of all, they had already paid the shadchan because you're supposed to pay a shadchan. That's something that one is supposed to do. I spoke recently at a um, at a uh, Why You Connect event in Teaneck, and someone came over to me right before and said, you know, if you're given the opportunity, you should really mention that people should pay shadchanim because apparently, according to this person, I don't know if this is true or not, but according to this person, he said, because in Teaneck, it's not so much a thing. You know, people don't realize the achrayas to do so, so you should really emphasize the need to pay a shadchan. You're supposed to pay a shadchan. Okay, how much you pay a shadchan, that's up to community standards. It gets a little tricky when uh, the shadchan lives in one community, the chassan lives in another community, and the kala lives in another community. Whose community standard do you go by? Like, uh, you know, I had a situation where the kala was from, I forgot where she was from, maybe Brooklyn. The chassan was from 
the five towns, and the Shadchan was from Yerushalayim. Uh, so, I don't know, Yerushalayim, there was probably, I mean, he was from, like, he was a Rebbe in the mirror in Yerushalayim. Like, I don't know, I don't know what the uh, what they get paid. Probably not Lawrence standards. So, you know, so that was uh, an interesting uh, shayla. But anyway, so back here. So, uh, do, do, can, we don't know how much of the new information the Shadchan knew before suggesting the Shidduch. Now, if the Shadchan was aware of this and withheld this information, do we have uh, the right to demand our money back from the Shadchan? And third, we paid uh, to, to fly some people in from out of town for the wedding. Um, and the tickets were finalized, non-refundable, and since we feel that uh, there's no wedding, but not because of our fault, not because of anything we did, not, not through any fault of our own, can we, uh, can we demand uh, the money back uh, to be reimbursed for the tickets? Um, okay, yeah, I mean, obviously the follow-up to question number three would be from who, right? Meaning, who are you going to ask for the money back? Okay, now uh, the second question um, came up last week. We went to, I, I uh, brought my Talmudim last Tuesday, I think it was, the, um, to, uh, oh, someone puts on the chat, it's true about Tinek and Shachanas. Okay, the, uh, so <laughs> they, they sent it privately. They didn't, they didn't put it in public chat. Okay, so uh, so the 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 the, uh, the second question came up. I brought my Talmidim last Tuesday to Yeshiva Torah Vidas, like I like to do every year, to meet with uh, Rabbi Saul Reisman, who I am a huge fan of. And... Um, uh, so it was great. Uh, they, they, I put it on Wayatari. You can listen to the whole Q and A. Certainly, if you're learning Nida this year, the first 25 minutes will be Geshmak. And if you're not learning Nida this year, uh, the next 25 minutes will be Geshmak. <laughs> first 25 minutes were in Hilchas Nida. The next 25 minutes. So just really, really great, amazing. Uh, at the end, um, we were Rabbi Reisman was walking me out. You know, Malava the Oreach, I guess. And as he was uh, walking me out, he always uh, uses the opportunity to say another shtikl Torah or to challenge you or to give you something to think about. He's really, really good at that. Meaning, like, there's no, there's no encounter that doesn't end with, like, I was thinking about this, Shailah. I thought you might enjoy this, uh, this, this piece of Torah or might enjoy this thing I was thinking about. Just gets your, your mind uh, going. He's fantastic at, at doing that. And, uh, you know, in, in the sweetest way. So uh, as we were walking out, he said, you know, I remember Rav Palm told me he told me a story. He said, Rapam said that when he was young, he was newly married, he had a little baby, he was uh, looking for a job, and he couldn't find the job. There were no jobs in Chinuch available in New York. There were no kolulim at that time. There was no, like, uh, you know, kolel, you own this out-of-town kolel, and that out-of-town, you know, and they'll pay $100,000, and they'll pay, you know, whatever. They, they didn't have all these uh, all these opportunities that Baruch Hashem were zochet to have in our generation. Um, and, uh, and, and he couldn't find... He couldn't find work, and he needed to support his family. So there was a position open, a rabbinic position open in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So Rav Palm went to, to, to go for a prabha in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So he got to the bus stop, and he missed the bus. He got there late. And Rav Palm said, wait a second. I, one of his qualities, he had many qualities, one of his qualities was punctuality. He said, I am always punctual. I, it's so out of character for me to miss a bus. And he figured that that was a simon min that he shouldn't go to Harrisburg. He didn't go to Harrisburg, and he became Rav Pam. 
Um, you know, like he became uh, whatever president of the Moshe Skidole and Major Rosh Hashiva, and you know, and the Shuvu Institute. Everything that he did, you know, uh, was because he was able to do it because he happened to stay where where he was, and ultimately there was a job in Torah Vidas. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, at first it was teaching a high school shear and math in the afternoon, if, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, later, ultimately, became Rosh Hashiva, obviously. And uh, he was, a, he was a, a genius and a huge Samachachim the whole time. It's just like those were the jobs that were available at the time. And it's not like today where like a guy like in our yeshiva who's been learning for like four minutes, you know, says like, ah, it's beneath me to teach high school. Well, I'm going to have to sit there disciplining high school kids. Like, it wasn't beneath Rafam. It was beneath the guy who like, whatever. Okay, I'll, I'll give it. So, so Rabbi Reisman, uh, Rabbi Reisman said to me, so my kasha is, isn't that a nisr of losan achshim? Is that a nisr of nichosh? To determine that something is, uh, some random event that happened, that it's a simim in a shamayim, and then to take that to make a decision in your life? So he said, I was just thinking about that. I was wondering why it's not nichosh. So, uh, so he said he found, um, he said, while you're thinking about it, I'll tell you, uh, he found that Rav Zilberstein had a shayla uh, where there was a sofer gitten who had finished writing a get, a couple was there, and he wrote the entire get. And you know, get takes a little while, so it has to be written by a sofer, and there's a lot of details that have to be ironed out. And he, uh, he, he just they just finished writing the get, and someone spilled a coffee all over the get. And the husband turns to the wife and says, "Maybe, maybe this is a simon that we're making a big mistake." And she turns to him and says, "Taka, maybe." And uh, <laughs> they were reconciling <laughs> right there. And the sofa asked from Zilberstein, do I have to tell them that they're violating laws in Akshu if they think that spilled coffee is, <laughs> is a simon? I Meaning you can get back together because they hate, but <laughs> not because coffee is spilled on the guy. So that was, uh, that was the, the shayla. So he said it's l'chara, the, the, <laughs> the same, the same shayla. Okay, so these are our two questions. We've already taken up all of our time using the questions. So these are our two questions. Number one, uh, with the bitul of a shidduch and the three questions that follow that. And number two, avoiding Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, because of uh, the simon from God. Um, nothing wrong with Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Lovely place. Hershey Park, fantastic. Okay, so um, what else is in Harrisburg? I don't know. I've been there a few times. There is a shul, and it's nice. And it's a, okay, uh, so let's take a vote. All those who would prefer to talk about Bittel Shiduchim, all those who would talk, prefer to talk about Rav Palm's experience in Harrisburg, Okay, the in-person vote is very heavily weighted. Let's see what the Zoom vote is. The Zoom, um, the Zoom vote is more heavily weighted the other way, but it's close enough that we'll go with the in-person. Okay, so Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Avoiding Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So let's, uh, let's get to it, which is I'm more prepared to talk about that one anyway. Um, so uh, when the Torah was given, the world uh, didn't know much about science. So there was a lot of superstition in the world. And the first religion to not be superstitious, in fact, to be anti-superstition, is the Jewish religion. And the Jewish religion has two Yisurim in the Torah, that you're not allowed to do nichush, or be ma'onen, there are two different things. Ma'onen means to believe that there's like a lucky time. There are things that relate to time. Friday the 13th is unlucky, or this or that. You know, those are losanenu. Uh, Nichush is that something happens, and a person takes that as a simon that he should or should not do something, even though b'derech hateva makes no sense to choose to yes or not do something based on based on that happening. 
Uh, in the Gemara, they would uh, sometimes it seems like there's an exception to this because sometimes they would go over to a child and say psokli psukech. Tell me a uh, pasuk. And they would say, the child would say a pasuk and say, ah, oh, that's a message from God, that whatever. So that seems to be a blatant violation of Los Nachshu. So, uh, in fact, there's a story of Ravaran Cutler. It's probably not a true story, but you know, it's a story nonetheless, uh, that he did a Goral Hagra to come to America and join Rav Moshe because he came up on a pasuk when he did the Goral Hagra that said, uh, you know, to, that, that Aaron was told to go to Moshe Achicha. And uh, here was Ravaran Cutler being told to go to Rav Moshe Feinstein who was in America as opposed to going to the Shver of Mr. Zalman was in Eretz Yisrael and uh, you know he was uh, he had the opportunity to go there as well uh, there are many reasons why this story is probably not true but uh, but be that as it may there is such a concept called the Goralagra right that people open up to using some sort of system and there is a system to it they open up to some Pasuk and Chumash and they use that as a sim in uh, so the Rishonim are already bothered why isn't Pesokli Pesukeich Nichush the Achronim why isn't this what they Called the Gorilla Grav. I hear about that. If you want to know a little more about that, but what, why isn't it called? Uh, why isn't that a violation of Nichush? So the way Rav Shachtel always points out is that the Rishonim understand that it's it's permissible when you're dealing with Torah Shabbosav. That Torah Shabbosav, we do believe under certain uh, circumstances, can give us messages that it's an exception to the rule. But that's it. Torah Shabbosav. You can't even do it with a Gemara. It could be very very holy books. There are certain Hasidim that do it with uh, letters that their Rebbe may have written or whatever, and to, to come out with messages based on that. So Shachter told us that he thought that that's a violation of Nichush if you're doing it with the Rebbe's, uh, with the Rebbe's letters. Whatever Hasidus, not, not about a particular Hasidus or another, just that even if your Hasidus is Baba Basra or something, and you want to open up Baba Basra, tell you it's only a din in Torah Shabbat You can't do it with, uh, with anything else. It's a big kasha as to uh, why, why people uh, do it. Rav Shachter often tells the story of the, uh, when he was in Tannersville that uh, there was a woman who told the Rebetzin um, that, uh, that she wasn't sure whether to come to Tannersville for the summer or not and uh, she had all of the, or whether her son should come to Tannersville or go to a camp somewhere and she couldn't decide what to do what to, and all the boxes with the Rebbe's letters were, you know, were, were, un, were still packed and she didn't have access to those boxes so she said you know what I'll take uh, my cookbook and I'll uh, do the same thing and I'll see if there's a message and she opens up her cookbook and it's a right to the apple pie recipe and she always makes that apple pie recipe in Tannersville so she knows that it's a simon that, uh, that the, the, the kid should go to Tannersville so everyone always laughs when Roshachta tells that story but he always points out it's no more ridiculous than using any other book to tell you that story other than Torah Shabbat right that that would be a violation of uh, of Losinachshu. Now, um, B. in Tannersville, there are a lot of Chabad Hasidim. So Rav Shachter often tells the story that of, of, of his encounter with the Lubavitch Rebbe. Um, you know this, Maisley? He tells it often that uh, he, I was with him at a, at a Shabbos Suda at uh, Rav Shai's house a couple of weeks ago, and Sivan Rechav Meir was there, and uh, Sivan asked Rav Shachter, did you ever meet the Lubavitch Rebbe? And he said, yes. He said, when one of his children got engaged, whatever the story was, he, met, he went to meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe to get a bracha, and someone told him 
they'll, they'll take him on a VIP line and they'll cut you whatever. So he went and someone told him you should bring your article that you wrote, the mimer that you wrote on Land for Peace, which was a big uh, diyun back then. So he said, what a, what a chutzpah. I'm going to bring, I'm a young guy, I'm going to go bring the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe wants to read my article on Land for Peace. It's insane. But the person says, no, no, who really like it, you should go, uh, you should go bring it. So he's like, oh, okay, fine. But he was embarrassed, so he folded it up, he put it in an envelope. He was uh, he's not going to present him with a mimer like that. So when he got there, he said, someone said, like he was like, apologize. someone said, I should give this to you. I should give this to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe took it and put it aside. Okay, fine, you know, probably you know, have someone uh, you know, get, uh, dispose of it appropriately. Years later, years later, after the Rebbe passed away, uh, the Shechters were in Tannersville, and uh, there was a Lubavitch neighbor that uh, invited the rabbits in and said, maybe um, you, you want to come to my house on Matsuya Shabbos, we watch videos of the Rebbe, of uh, him greeting people. And she's like, oh, Saturday night at the movies. Oh, that's exciting. So, uh, so she, <laughs> she went and she's sitting there watching a video of the Rebbe and she sees um, Rabbi Herschel Schachter, Rabbi J.J.'s father, Rabbi J.J. Schachter's father, who, the way Schachter always says it, Rav Herschel Shechter Hamaforsam, you know the the famous Rav Herschel Shechter, <laughs> like which always makes me laugh. I mean, he was a world famous rabbi, but you know this one's kind of famous too. So, <laughs> you know, Rav Herschel Shechter Hamaforsam was there, and he went to the uh, to the Rebbe, and he and it was ready when the Rebbe was old. He wasn't as sharp as he had initially been he used to. It used to be when the Rebbe was in his prime, it, you could have met him forty years earlier for a second, and he would remember who you are. It was like amazing. This amazing memory for these things, and he's so. But he was ready older. Was at the very, very end, and uh, and and the the guy and and Rabbi Shachter's father said, "I'm Herschel Shachter," and and the Rebbe says, "They see Rebbe Shachter is watching on the video," and the and the Rebbe says, "Oh, the Rish Kailal who wrote the Mimer on Land for Peace, I read it. It was a good Mimer." And the Rebbe is like, what is happening over here? Like, they, she just happened to have been there as that, you know, they were watching that, that video. And that's how they discovered that the Rebbe actually read that mimer on Land for Peace. But anyway, why did I get to that? Oh, because Tannersville with the cookbook. Okay, so that's normally a violation of, uh, of Lo Sinachshu. On, on Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara talks about eating various simanim, and then the Sibus explains, uh, based on Ramban Luchumish, Ramban Luchumish says that whenever a Navi acts something out, not just says a Nevoah, but he acts out the nevuah, it's a more powerful nevuah because there's a poel dinyon in the nevuah. So the Siva says, when we eat special foods on Rosh Hashanah, well, what does my eating a date have to do with sheyitamu sonenu, or my eating a pomegranate, or a ruvio or something like that. What does that have to do with anything? If I want to be mar yoseinu, I should do mitzvot. Like, well, why am I busy eating a pomegranate? So the, the, the Nesivas explains that it's a tefillah with a poel dimyon. Meaning what we're really doing is we're, we take a prop to our tefillah. That just like a nevuah with a poel dimyon is a stronger form of nevuah, a tefillah with a poel dimyon is a stronger form of, uh, of tefillah. So now, Let's get to uh, our case. If there is an issue of Los Nachshu to just assume that things that happen are a message with Hashemayim, so what is the vart? What is the story with Rav Pam? Um, so let's discuss the Isra a little bit. The Gemara Sanhedrin Daf Samachay Amid Bey says, Menachesh Zeh Haomer Pito Nafla Mipiv that a menachesh is someone who his bread falls out of his mouth and he says, Ayvei, that's a bad sim and I have to worry all day now. Makalo naflo miyado, his cane fell out of his hand. Nachash miyamino, shuol mismolo, there's a snake on his right side, there's a fox on his left side, that that's a sim and ra. All of these things are, uh, the Gemara gives as an example, 
of a simon of a simon ra that there's an issue of losenachshu to believe in these things. The Gemara in Chulun Tafsadiyayim base tells us bias tinok v'isha. If a person built a house or he had a child or he got married, afal nachash yesh simon that uh, it's a simon that uh, things are going well in his life. And sometimes when you have a little hatzlacha in your life, so that's a simon of more hatzlacha to come. Meaning we do believe that people have times of greater mazel and of better things and of worse things. I often tell people, and it's, it's so far pretty with a pretty good track record, um, that struggle when a family member has a simcha when they were really next in line. You know, the, the, the younger sibling got engaged before the older sibling, or the younger sibling uh, had a child before the older sibling, or something like that. So I'll often tell them, um, sometimes when a simcha comes into a family, it's simcha gerera simcha. It will, uh, it will just bring a certain level of simcha into the family. And, and I've had a few times lately where people came back and said, how did you know? I, said, I don't know anything. I just thought it would be comforting. But, but, uh, but, but, but you know, there is this, uh, this idea that, that when things are good, the Gemara says that when things are good, it's a, it's a simon. That, so you shouldn't say it's not nicha, you shouldn't make life decisions based on that, but it's a simon to trust that, you know what, things are okay, and, that's, and it could be that more good things are, are happening. However, there needs to be some sort of explanation of what exactly is, is the gather of this Isra of Nichosh. Because the Gemara tells us, Kal the, the Pesukim Parshchai Yisara tell us that Eliezer Eben Avram said that the Nara that's going to come and be Mashke, the, uh, the Gemalim, that's going to be the one that's the right one for Yitzchak. Um, and that, that is Nichosh. So uh, the Gemara says, any Nichosh that's not like that is not really Nichosh. Or, or like Yonasan ben Shaul, where Yonasan says to his Nar that if the people tell you, Alu, people say, come here instead of we'll come to you, then we know that it's time to go up and to fight a war with the Blishtim. What does that have to do with fighting a war with the Blishtim? It's total Nichush. So anything that's not Nichush like that is not considered a Nichush. So the Rishonim are all bothered by that. What do you mean? How could you say that Eliezer and Yonasan, two great tzaddikim, didn't have Vera, violating of Los Nachshua? The Gemara says that that's the paradigm of Nichush. How could you say such a thing. And if you can say that they did an Avera, what, what, what does it mean that Kal Nachash Eino Keliezer Ukiyonasan is Eino Nachash? In what way are we limiting it? And the Gemara tells us in Chulun over there that Rav and Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan were uh, making Simanim based on and deciding based on their Simanim whether to be Yotze Lederech or not to be Yotze Lederech. How could they not have been worried about the Yisra of uh, Lo, Lo Sinachshu? So uh, it, there, there are basically three approaches to answer this question. Now let's think about it as we go through each approach, whether Rav Pam was justified in the story about Rav Pam, right? So let's, let's see. So approach number one is Rashi and Tosos. Rashi and Tosos say that anything that you're somich on to behave in a certain way, to make a certain decision, is Aser. But a simon that you don't rely on to make a decision is Mutter. Ah, what about Eliezer Rabbi Avram? He wasn't really relying on that simon to make the decision. He asked her questions. Which family are you from? And he realized she was mishpacha. She was the right person. The simon was just to give a little chizik to it. Yonasan knew that they had to fight the war with the plishtim. He wanted to give chizik to the nar. And he knew that they felt insecure, that the people felt insecure, so they were going to say alu. And they weren't going to put themselves in a vulnerable position and go out to, to him. So he knew that that was going to happen. He figured it would give chizik, but the decision 
decision was was already made. So you can't use a simon to make your decisions for you. You could look at them to be mechazik the decision you already made. So Eliezer says, someone is going to be a tremendous balas chesed. I don't know if you realize what kind of chesed that is. To feed camels. To feed, give camels to drink. You know what a camel can drink? You know, you speak to chayalim in the Negev. You know, what it takes to give a camel to drink. It, it takes like 10 strong chayalim to draw the water that a camel would drink. And here's this three-year-old giving 10 camels to drink. I mean, it's really remarkable. So, but he knew that she was a, a, she was going to be an enormous uh, balas chesed. So that, that's the approach of Rashi and Tosfos. Now, if you accept the approach of Rashi and Tosfos, where Afpam did, there's a problem, right? Because he made the decision, okay, Harrisburg is not for me. Next approach. The Ran is quoted in the Mishnah, that if it makes sense, then you can even make it as a basis for your decision. If it just doesn't make any sense, meaning Eliezer was trying to figure out who's the best wife for Yitzchak, and Abalas Midos is a very good thing to look for when you're looking for an Aim B Yisrael, right? When you're looking for a wife for Yitzchak, and what greater Abalas uh, simon of being Abalas Midos and someone who's uh, who's Abalas Chesed than someone who's willing to do all that? So there was a logic to it. Or Yonason was was trying to test. How secure does the enemy feel? If they feel very secure, they'll come out to us because they're confident. But if they feel insecure, they're going to say, Alu, come to me. And then you realize that they're insecure, you realize that they're vulnerable, and you realize that you could attack. But it has to make sense. It has to be a logical correlation between, between the two. So that's how the, uh, the Ran writes. And it's quoted by the Mishnah. So based on that, uh, Rav Palm? Also a problem. What? Also a, also a problem. Why? Because it's not logical, right? What? It's not just logical, meaning like, but it's like, the, 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 um, No, but it, it's a simon of midos that you're looking for. It's not. Uh, it's not something that just has nothing to do with anything. Um, that's that. That would make the Rav story problematic as well. Then there's a Radak and Shmuel Aleph, where the Radak. Radak writes that he he he, he uh, he, that ben balia deos haraos v'kavum chok uminag aleim v'choshem kihem hametivim umeriim. Whoa, he's saying something totally different. He says, "What does the Gemara give examples of bread falling out of your mouth, a walking, a fox on once on what was it, the left side, and this animal on the right? What are those things? What is that?" So you ever hear of like a black cat walking in your path or things like that? He says, "All of these are ancient superstitions. They were famous superstitions." The Radak says that's what Lo Sinachshu is, to buy into the famous superstitions of the Ovdei Avodah similar to what the Sefer Achinuch writes in Mitzvah Mamtas. He says, L'fisha inyanim elahim divrei shiga'on v'sichlus gemura. These are idiotic things. V'ochem sibala diachadah me'amunas Hashem teras agadosha. They're things that, that take a person away from me'amunah Hashem and the Torah. V'lovo mitochem l'kfira gemura and will bring a person to a sense of kfira. Shiachshu v'kol tevasov v'ra'asov you can end up giving up the whole religion because you're going to think that that's really what governs everything and not the Rebbe Ooh, if you say like the Radak, 
Center of Palm is good. There was no ancient superstition that we know of that says missing a bus to Harrisburg means you're supposed to become a Rashiv in Tarvadas, right? So, uh, so, so, yeah, and Adrabi felt that it was the Rebbe Shalom talking to him. Problem is, in Shulchan Aruch, not surprisingly, the sheet of the Ran is quoted in the Rashi and Tosos, and the sheet of the Radak is not quoted in, uh, in Shulchan Aruch. It doesn't make it into Shulchan Aruch. There's even a machlokas between the Rambam and the Raivid. The Rambam writes, if a person makes simanim for himself, that if this happens, then I'm going to do this. Like Anyone who does something like that is chayv malkus. It's usher to make such simanim. And the Ravid says, Zeshibush Gadol! Sharei Dover Zeh Muturu Muturu! Not just Mutur, Muturu Muturu! It's absolutely permissible. Vulai Hiteu Alashim. He says, I know why the Rambam made this mistake, because he doesn't know how to read a Gemara. Shara, Kalmach Shenu Kaliyazu Yonasan and Nachush. He saw that the Gemara says that any Nichush, it's not like Eliezer and Yonasan, it's not a Nichush, and Vuhu Savar Shalini Nisr Namar. And the Rambam thought that must mean that it's an Isr. But Vulawi, that's not what it is. Elahli Kamar, Eno Rawi Lismoch. It means that you shouldn't rely on it. He says there's no way that uh, that, that these tzaddikim have violated this avera. This Meaning the uh, Ram would be burned by the fire of these holy tzaddikim. Like it's not, it's not shaykh that uh, that they would, would have done an avera. Meaning what essentially the Rambam and, and the Rambam are arguing about is can you make a deal with God in advance? But it seems that everyone agrees that after the fact. Meaning, if something happens and then you say, "Oh, that's a sim," and that for sure is us. The only question is, can you set up? And meaning, for Pam, before he would have gone to the bus stop, would have said, "Okay, if I miss the bus, then it's uh, then it's a sim." And if I don't miss the bus, right? So then that that the Ravid would have been okay with, and the Rambam would not have been okay with. But uh, but he didn't do that either. It was it was uh, it was it was uh, it was after the fact. Um, the uh, so this is the, uh, the 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 issue. Um, now Rav Reisman said that he asked Rav Savitsky, uh, who's a Rashiv in Tarvadas, and Rav Savitsky said that when it's about the very thing that you're deciding on, meaning when the simon is within the very item that you're deciding on, maybe that's not losenachshu. Losenachshu is nafal pita piv, and then therefore I'm not going to invest in uh, some stock today. Well, one's got nothing to do with the other. But when you're trying to do something, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu puts a barrier in your way from doing that thing, that's just God talking to you. Meaning, when you're trying to get divorced, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu makes you spill coffee on the get, that's God talking to you, telling you, "Wait, think before you give the get." Or when you're trying to go to Harrisburg, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu makes you miss the bus. So that's Hakadosh Baruch Hu saying to you, "Wait." So Rise we said, "It's a nice svara. I just would like to see a raya." I would like, meaning, it, where does it say that? And, and I would argue from the Ran, you have a raya lehepech. Because when the Ran wanted to come up with a way that it's mutter to do losenachshu, uh, why Eliezer Evan Avram? He says it has to be logical. Why do you have to say it has to be logical? Just say even if it's not logical, you don't have to go so far that it has to be logical. Even if it's not logical, as long as it's within that Indian, that should be uh, that should be good enough. Elamai, uh, it, 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 it being within that Indian maybe is not uh, is not good enough. So anyway, I mentioned this Shailin Shul last week. It happens to be Rav Palm's grandson Binyamin Palm Davin's in my 
shul. So uh, he came over to me. He said it was an interesting question, but it's a klutzkash. He says because the uh, the uh, the story is not accurate. He said uh, the way the story really went is as follows. I emailed Rabbi Reisman to ask you know to tell him this and to ask him what he thought. But because uh, he was as close as you could be to Rav Palm, Binyamin told me like it was Yadua in Taravadas that Rav Palm had chosen Rabbi Reisman as a teenager and as like sort of like. Handpicked him as this is the person who needs to be groomed as uh, you know as the next uh, Rosh Hashiva, and you see why. I mean, there are certain qualities that are just so uncommon. Um, but um, but anyway, I have stories I could tell you a different time. But but anyway, the uh, the the uh, so the story goes. Binyamin told me that the way the story actually went. He said, I remember my grandfather used to tell the story all the time. He said when he missed that bus, Harrisburg said you, you were too responsible to miss the bus. We're not interested don't come. He wasn't invited to come anymore. And he was devastated. He was dev- He had a young child. He was newly married. He got married at like 31. He got married a little late, Rapam. He, he had a young child. He was newly married. He didn't have no parnasa. He was devastated. Years later, he said, ah, the Rebbe Shalom did me a tova. That you're allowed to say. That's not Nikosh. You know, he didn't make any decisions based on it. It was years later, he said, the Rebbe Shalom really did me a favor and kept me in New York so that I was able to accomplish what I was able to accomplish. I think you always look in retrospect to Hashkachas Hashem and always trust in the moment that when something bad happens that there's Hashkachas Hashem in this world but I don't think it should be the basis for any actual decisions okay have a great Shabbos great uh, summer everyone I guess if we're holding there already I don't know and uh, have a good night